Merry Christmas and welcome to Christmas at New Hope. From our house to yours with the fireplace on the TV because it's 80 degrees outside, we are still going to celebrate a Southern Christmas. Today, we want to come in together and celebrate what many refer to as the most wonderful time of the year. For some, this may not be your favorite season because of a loss or a passing, a, a memory or a transition. But for all who are in Christ, this is the time of year that we celebrate the fulfillment of God's promise. This is the hope that we have. That in Genesis chapter 3, God developed a plan through immaculate conception to skip the natural process of sinful man and have his son born to a virgin, fulfilling one of over 360 prophecies. This is the most wonderful time of the year because this is the time of the year that the most people actually stop and recognize the Savior has come. You know, there's just something about the Christmas season that shifts the atmosphere. I don't know if it's just because I love all the things that come with Christmas, the lights, the food, the family, the friends, the Christmas music, but it just seems like more people are just more joyous, more, more giving, more mindful of others altogether. Christmas for me has always been a reminder of what he did, what he came to do. No matter where I was in our relationship with Christ, no matter how far I had gone, it was Christmas time that I would refocus and be reminded of his sacrifice. And I say sacrifice because ultimately he was born to die. That that sweet baby that the shepherds worshiped would ultimately be crucified, that he would be nailed to the cross. That he could come, he could have come as a conquering king, but he chose to come as a precious, humble baby representing God with us. Emmanuel's promise remains the same today as it was on the day that he was born to the day that he ascended, promising us that he would be with us always. Luke records one of my favorite Christmas scenes, and I believe it's really the heart of the song that we're about to sing as a congregation. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, the shepherds were watching over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, as I believe that God is saying to us in this season, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Come on, let's stand together this morning and praise God as we sing joy to the world. Hey. 
you celebrate with us right now the greatest joy that ever came to this earth? Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for this season, this time of year that we celebrate just the time that Jesus came in a manger, the Christ child, the child born, the reason for the season? Amen. Listen, our prayer team members are getting ready to come to the front, and I just want to, uh, yeah, this morning, yeah, I had so many things going through my mind as I was preparing this, this weekend for this moment, and, uh, you know, sometimes God's got to move me out of the way so he can speak, and he said, so I had things prepared that I wanted to say, and I was reading this morning, and I just opened my, my Bible app, and the verse of the day comes up, and it's actually John 3.16, and my first thought was, well, it's, it's kind of... Um, not, not a, a really fitting uh, scripture for Christmas time. But then I began to read it, and, and the Spirit began to speak to me, because John 3.16 actually says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. I was like, well, that's, that's right. It is. It's great. It's perfect for this time. It's Christmas. Him giving his Son. But the, the last part, the reason that he gave, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And, you know, we have made so Christmas about so many things, and we say this every year just as a reminder to bring us back to, to celebrate the reason for the season, Christ being the reason for the season, the baby in the manger, the Christ child, the Savior of the world. But John 3.16 takes it a little further, and it just hit me so hard this morning. Not, not so much that we should come back to celebrating the reason for the season, but what about the reason that the reason for the season came, and that was to give everlasting life. Because the song that we're about to sing celebrates all of the names of who Jesus is, everlasting Father. Man, it's great to know that I've got a Father when I'm feeling alone that will just wrap me in His arms. The Prince of Peace. It's so comforting to know that I've got peace from God when there's chaos in my life. But He didn't come to give me peace, and He didn't come to make me happy. He came to make me holy, and that's about salvation. He came, as Megan said, Pastor Megan said in the video, he came to die, and that speaks about salvation. Hey, man, our prayer team members are ready, and I just want to encourage you this morning to, to just come and, and let God be what you need him to be in this moment. If that's a father, let him be a father. If that's peace, let him be that peace speaker. It's salvation, which is the reason why he came. This moment's for all of those things. He's healer. He's God. He's Savior. Come right now. Father, we thank you for every moment that we get to stand in your presence. We thank you, God, that we are, we are, we are reminded again today, not that just that you came as a baby, but you came to die for my sins, to make me whole. We come right now with every need that we have presenting them to you. Be who only you can be in Jesus' name.
God, we praise your holy name. And just like this song says, God, all the names that you have, Father, Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Lord, we thank you that, God, you are here with us today, Father. So, Lord, we just pray right now that our hearts will be open and our ears will be open to whatever you want us to receive today, God. Lord, we thank you that you're here with us. Your presence follows us. We love you and we thank you. And the church says, amen. Come on, let's give him one more praise this morning, church. Amen. At this moment, you may be seated. Good morning. We have a treat for you this morning as the kids are coming in and getting set up and ready to sing a couple songs for you. We actually have the Grinch with us here this morning. Mr. Grinch, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing swell, Pastor Lydia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Glad so happy to, to have you here. Yeah. So we're just all wondering, are you excited for Christmas now? I mean, you got saved, you hated Christmas, but now you learned the meaning of Christmas, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. You know, I, I've got to be honest with you. Now that uh, Christmas means a lot more, uh, I am just thrilled to, uh, you know, have a uh, different outlook, you know, and uh, I plan on uh, just hanging out with uh, my Whoville buddies, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's great. And I, I look forward to cozying up by the fire. <laughs> so what's your Christmas schedule like now? What are your plans? You know, uh, I used to be really busy, uh, of course, doing all the things like wallowing self-pity, uh, staring into the abyss, uh, jazzercise. I still try to do that uh, because apparently, you know, got some weight to lose. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm committing and I'm getting a Bowflex, so I'm, I'm going all the way in. Uh, but yeah, I just plan on, you know, cozying up by the fire and my lazy boy and maybe calling over Cindy Lou and a couple of other friends like, uh, you know, uh, Lou, uh, Lou, Lou Who, whatever his last name is. I, I never knew. Who? It's probably, yeah, I think it's the, the Lou's. So I'll invite them over and uh, me and Max will uh, hang out and probably eat some cookies. Uh, but the diet kind, because I got to watch my fingers. Right, right. But I'm glad that you mentioned Max. I was kind of hoping he would be here today, but it's okay that he's not, because I think we're all wondering and wanting to know yep. what you're getting him for Christmas. You're not really going to get him a shock collar, right? You, you know, he was getting a little disobedient, and so uh, I actually, when I got him, instead of a shock collar, I called Caesar, that little dog whisperer guy. He came over. Uh, things are going great. Don't even have to get a shock collar. In fact, uh, for a treat for Christmas, I'm getting him a gigantic bone. Uh, it's the size of him. He's going to love it. It's fabulous. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I know he will love that, Mr. Grinch. Well, I am so glad you joined us today. I hope that you and Max have a fantastic Christmas together. Oh, well, thank you, Pastor Lydia. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you, New Hope.
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger cause, because there was no room for them in the inn. It's called Christmas. Christmas. to get myself a mocha the lady at the counter said happy holidays i said thanks lady i am pretty happy but there's only one holiday that makes me feel that way and it's called christmas what more can i say it's about the birth of christ and you can't take that away you can call it something else but that's not what it'll be it's called christmas with the
Can we give one more hand for our kids this morning? <laughs> Pastor Lydia gets to hang out with them all the time. And every once in a while, I'm jealous uh, until I walk in there and it's absolute chaos. And I'm like, I'm glad it's her and not me. So, <laughs> Hey, good morning and Merry Christmas to everybody joining with us in person and online. We are so glad that you decided to join us this morning for our Christmas service for 2021. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dylan King, and my wife Sierra and I get the privilege to serve as discipleship pastors here at New Hope, and I get the honor of sharing a short message with you this morning, reminding us what this season is about and why we celebrate it. We're going to dive right in this morning. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The funny thing about what I'm going to share today is I kind of had already planned this and I had written it. And, and for, those of us, for those of you who are in our young adult services on Tuesdays, you heard this a few weeks ago, most of it. Um, but I didn't realize they were singing names this morning or anything like that. So I guess that was just kind of what was on God's heart for us to hear about this morning. But Isaiah, looking uh, at his book, Isaiah is what we refer to as a messianic prophet, which means that pretty much the vast majority, if not all of his prophecies, are referring to the coming Messiah, who we now know as Jesus Christ. Uh, and he's prophesying about all of this. Uh, and if we look at Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6, it says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And so all the way from the beginning of Isaiah, all the way up to verse, chapter 53 and beyond, we see Isaiah prophesying not just about the birth of Jesus, but his life, his sacrifice, his crucifixion. Isaiah chapter 7 tells us about the virgin birth of Jesus, and that's even repeated almost word for word in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So this morning we're going to be looking at the names of the nativity, the names of Jesus, what was referred to him, what Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before he came. And they're significant because of all the things that Isaiah could have said at this point, right? He's going to, he's going to come and be a child. He listed these specifically. So there's something special about these that was important enough for Isaiah to take the time and to mention them specifically in this passage. So looking at verse 6, First of all, he is referred to as a child and as a son, number one. The child speaks to his humanity, that Jesus was a human baby boy, just like every baby boy that has been born for all time, with the exception that he's also called the son. He is the divine son of God, and that speaks to how he was fully God and fully man. So what does that mean for us? How is that significant? Well, Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14, says, so, then, 
So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So because Jesus was a, a, a natural human baby boy and, be, and grew into a natural human man, he faced every range of emotion that we experience. He faced uh, every bit of turmoil and trial, loss and grief. Uh, we know that by the time Jesus makes it all the way to the cross, he's already lost several people in his life that he's experienced that. We know that he's lost friends and family. We know that he has had to grow up as a young boy dealing with uh, the conflict of siblings and parents and family life and, and discovering who he is and all of those things. So Jesus understands us, right? He's not some God who is far off away, who doesn't get what we're going through or looks at us and wonders, why are they feeling that way? But, but when we're in the midst of emotional throws and we're in the midst of everyday life, he knows exactly what you're feeling because he's been there. But then the, the hope of that is that he was also God and he overcame all of those things. And so not only does he know what you're going through, but he knows exactly what you need to see to the other side of it, amen? So he's a son, he's a child and a son. Number two, says the government will rest on his shoulders. That tells us that Jesus is in control. I know it's easy to look around and think, well, well where's he been lately, right? If you look around at the government, not just, you know, here in our, in, in the USA, but, but all across the world, there's just chaos seemingly everywhere and, and corruption and, and things going on and cover-ups and all this different kind of stuff happening that, that has gone on, honestly, since the beginning of time. Anytime uh, that people come into power, these things happen. But we know that Jesus ultimately is in control. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 says, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. So that tells us that, that Jesus ultimately, he's in control of the foundation that everything rests upon, right? It says when he speaks, Everything shakes. And so in our life, when we see these times of, of change and transition and shaking, sometimes it's just life and the natural course and processes of things. But sometimes it's, it's God trying to get our attention and sift some things from our life. And if we're too, we're too quick to hold on to things we think that are important, that we need earthly, temporary things, we're going to miss what God has for us. And we're going to end up being upset and worry and, and full of anxiety about things that God never intended for us. Because we can know this, if God wants to take it from us, then we never needed it in the first place. He's got something better for us, I promise you that. And so let's not hold on, let's, in this Christmas season, in this time of Christmas, as we're getting to the end of this year, let us keep that in perspective. No matter what Christmas looks like this year, no matter what 2022 is going to bring, who knows? Let us know that Jesus is ultimately in control and that he has our best interests in mind. So number two, Jesus is in control. Number three, calls him wonderful 
counselor. Wonderful meaning he can do the miraculous, the impossible. He can make us scratch our heads in wonder and blow our minds. And counselor being someone who can, who can understand us, help us sort through our emotions, who can provide us maybe a little bit of mental stability, who can give us peace and confidence. Many times, in, in, in not just in church circles, but in, in society as a whole, there can be a little bit of a stigma around counseling and, and therapy and things like that. And, and we have said many times, you know, we believe in a good, godly, spirit-led person who has been trained and has studied, who can help us process grief and emotions and all of these things. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. God gave them that purpose and that desire for a reason. But there is no greater counselor than God, than Jesus himself. And when we're all mixed up, when we have nowhere to turn, we don't know what to do, we can always go to him 24-7, 365 days a year. He's always on call. He's never out of the office, right? He's always there ready to listen, to hear us. And he's not just any ordinary counselor, but he's a wonderful, can do the impossible, blow our minds type of counselor. Number four refers to him as mighty God. And this one seems pretty self-explanatory. He is strong, he is capable, and he is formidable. Uh, he has not lost a battle since the beginning of time, and he doesn't plan on starting now. I don't know if you've read to the end of the Bible, uh, but he wins in the end, and he wins all the way up until the end. And so we can rest assured that we don't serve uh, some God who maybe can get it done. Come on, we serve a mighty God who is faithful to, to keep his promises. Number five, he is everlasting father. He is consistent. He is never-ending. He is unwavering, and he is stable. Come on, in this time where it seems like there's not a whole lot stable around us, things are changing day to day and week to week faster almost than, than we can even keep up. It seems like just when I get used to my new phone, right, the next one comes out and I'm supposed to have it, and I gotta figure that one out too. So there's so much change and transition and instability in our life everywhere these days. But Isaiah takes the time to point out, come on, that he's everlasting father, that he's not going anywhere, but that he is stable and he is unwavering. He is steadfast. Number six, he is our prince of peace. He is ordered, he is calm, he is collected, and he is confident. Well, God knows who he is. He's not looking to anybody else for, for reassurance. He knows what he's about. Come on, and that brings peace to us. Come on, when we know that we serve a mighty God, a wonderful counselor, Come on, we can rest in that fact and be confident and have peace in the midst of our situation. So many times when we see peace talked about in Scripture, it doesn't have anything to do with the trial being over or everything being great, but it has, it has to do with who's in the middle of it with us. So many times peace comes in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our circumstance, and peace, his name is Jesus. Number seven, as Matthew chapter one told us, he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. All of these names, all of these characteristics of who he is, he's not waiting somewhere far off, but come on, he is with us. He is here in the midst, like I just talked about with peace. He's there in the middle of every situation. And as I shared in our time of prayer last week or the week before, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the fact that there's a shadow tells us that there's a light and he's there. Sometimes it's just hard to see, but we know that he is always with us. Looking at the beginning of verse six, it says that he was given to us 
He came for you, he came for me. He came with us on his mind. He endured all that he did, all of this life, living 33 years on this earth, experiencing everything that we did for you and for me. All of these things, all of these names, they sound great, but if it doesn't apply to us, then what's the point? If it has no bearing on our life here in this moment, then what's the point? But he came for you, he came for me. When we look at the story of Jesus, he was born in Bethlehem. It's a small country, unassuming town. He grew up in the city of Nazareth, the town of Nazareth. Even at one point in scripture, when he's referred to as Jesus of Nazareth, somebody says, can anything good even come from there? That's where Jesus was from. He was born in a manger in a stable with the animals. He came not as many of us would assume, a big king full of royalty and, and riches, but as a baby in a manger surrounded by animals in a stable. One of the first people, the first people to hear the good news of the coming of the Messiah were shepherds in a field. And in this day and age, in that day and age, shepherds were the lowest class, right? They were, they were smelly from being around the animals. They didn't have a lot of money. And many times they were watching other people's sheep. But they were the first ones to know that the king had come. So what is that? That, that tells us that it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what we were born into. It doesn't matter what societal class we belong to, where we stand, what we have this Christmas, what we don't have, where we're going, where we were. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what job you hold. Jesus came for you. And all of these names, all of these characteristics, they apply to us. Just before verse six, Isaiah goes into describing all of the times of chaos. And when we look at when Jesus was born in the, in the land of Israel, they hadn't heard from God in, in 400, 500 years. There hadn't been a word from God. They hadn't seen him move in hundreds of years. They had been conquered by the Romans. They were under their oppression. Come on, they were taxed heavily, unbelievably. A Roman could come and take their possessions anytime they felt like it. They could be punished by a Roman almost at will without any type of question or trial. And then Jews who are, who are trying to overthrow the Romans rise up and there's chaos and rebellion and, and all of these things are happening. There's all this tension. Come on, but that's where Jesus was born into. In the midst of darkness and doom and despair and chaos, come on, light burst forth onto the scene. The Savior of the world was born, and he flipped the world on its side. When we still measure time by when Jesus came to this earth. And so many times we can get in the midst of a dark time, chaotic season, financial troubles, work troubles, family troubles, whatever's going on, and we can see it as as more evidence that God's forgotten us and we haven't heard from him in 400 years and everything's going wrong and the Messiah's never really coming. Come on, but in those moments, that's where Jesus, who Jesus really is comes to the forefront of our life. And we can see him clearly contrasted against everything else in society and in our life and everything that we're going through. And so this Christmas season, let us remember, come on, that the night that Jesus was born, the day that Jesus comes into your life, Come on, it's not just any other day. It's not just any other night, but it's a sacred, set apart, it is a holy night.
Come on, somebody praise the Lord in this place this morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hey, you can stay standing. I want to remind you today of John 3, 17, that Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. And we talked about eternal life this morning and the names of God and who he is and who he desires to be for each and every one of us. Here's what I love about God's word, how he reveals himself in every little place. Because John 3, 16 says that, that he saved us and he came and he gave his life so that we could have eternal life, right? And John 3, 17 says, for he didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And then John 17, 3, I like that, says, and this is eternal life. This is eternal life. And then he, Jesus says that they would know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Do you know him? Do you know him this Christmas? I want to pray over you right now. Father, for every person in this room and every person watching online, Lord, I pray that we would surrender our lives to you fully in every area, in everything that we are, in everything that we do. God, if there's anybody in this place or watching live or later today who has not fully surrendered their lives to you, may they do it now. May they simply ask for forgiveness. Confess you as Lord and surrender their life fully to you right now. Lord, take my life and make it yours. The greatest gift we can give you is ourselves. And so, Father, we thank you that because you gave, we can do the same. And we can know you and we can make you known in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen.